We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation, your home for everything Raptors. The All-Star break is now officially behind us. The All-Star game, luckily, is behind us. What a... uh, Crap shoot that was. Uh, Sean Davis here, joined by Luca Rosano. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore D-A-B-I. Luca, I don't know yours by heart. I feel awful. Wow, I'm offended, man. I thought we were like each other's best friend on Twitter. Wow. It's at Luca Rosano 3. There we go. Um, well, Luca, how you doing, man? Uh, glad to be back after a very weird All-Star weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm glad we're going to get NBA basketball. It feels like it's been forever since we played some meaningful basketball. Um, NBA's been Real off NBA since, basketball. Real NBA basketball. NBA's been off since Thursday. And, yeah, I mean, we could talk a bit about it if you want. But the All-Star break was a dud, in my opinion. I didn't really yeah. enjoy it. I mean, Matt, Matt McClung saved it with a dunk contest. But aside from that, wasn't a whole lot to look forward to. Wasn't a whole lot to get excited about, especially the All-Star game in itself. I mean, I called it one of the worst all-star games I've ever seen on Twitter. A lot of people seem to agree. Um, even Mike Malone said it was the worst basketball game he's ever seen. And that's coming from one of the best coaches in the NBA. So yeah, the all-star game has a lot of work to do, Sean. It, feel, it felt like they turned the corner with a new rule of the target score. But based on what we just saw, it still looks like they have a lot more work to do to make this game good enough where you know fans like us can sit through and watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the target score is it's only effective if the game is close, like last year, right? Which last year, I think it's kind of overrated because last year you remember it fondly, but only because Steph went nuts and yeah. LeBron had the uh, game winner, right? Yeah. That's in Cleveland. That's the only reason why that game is remembered fondly. You eliminate those two factors, that game is also bad. But the, yeah. like. The four years prior, I will give it credit, like 18, 19, 2021, all great, are all like relatively good, right? Are like fun, fun to watch. I'd said this with with, uh, Trevor Lane over at Lakers Nation talking about it. I was like, the most fun part about like All-Star Night was the draft. And I think they botched the draft still because I don't, I didn't like how it was. Like in theory, it sounded cool, but like, no, I, I much rather prefer the TV one where they sit down because you're going to cut the commercial break anyway. Yeah. It's just super awkward having 
LeBron and Giannis, first off, go through. You have like 15 players just sit there waiting. And then you got to go to commercial break. Then they're just sitting there thinking, whoop de doo And then you come yeah. back and then you have the starters. And then you have the actual, like, no, I, 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 everything about that night, I felt from an NBA standpoint was just off. And there ended up being a last pick anyway, so they didn't even solve that problem. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but I felt awkward watching Jokic and Markinen still on the <laughs> stage and figure, trying to figure out who was going to go next. And it looked like it, LeBron was going to pick Markinen, and then Jokic is like, nah, I'm not getting picked last because who wants to get picked last, especially when you're a starter? So, yeah, this I was very very probably good. about to be a three time MVP. Yeah, that, that's not a good look for the league at all that you're potential three-time MVP was on the verge of getting picked last. I want to say this bright spot of the weekend actually came on Saturday. Obviously the dunk contest, that was a spectacle, but Pascal Siakam uh, paying Ooh. homage to Shaquille O'Neal with the camcorder. I thought that was really cool. That was awesome. One of the standout moments from just a, you know, a photo that sticks out to my mind where, yeah, it was cool. Just seeing Siakam kind of like, you know, live it up have a good time and pay homage to Shaquille O'Neal when he had his camcorder. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool of Siakam to bring that out. So a little throwback for all of us from Pascal Siakam on NBA All-Star Saturday night. Yeah. And you want to talk about uh, like us being Twitter best friends and we had a little Twitter exchange as well. Cause talking about the last pick thing, like that is just stupid. Like first of all, I don't think anybody was ever really, like thinking about it that much to where it that that was a problem that needed to be addressed. <laughs> like, it, it, oh man, it just NBA. I, I I pitched to Trevor that you move it back NFL style to like after the season's over with, where there's no more meaningful games left to be played for that season, um, because. Maybe I, I I don't know for sure. Maybe that's what what the problem is. Like these guys, they're they're saving energy because there's especially like if you're a Celtics player, a Bucks player, uh, if you're basically on any of the contending teams, right? You're not going to go all out in an All Star game where you have twenty plus regular season games left plus the playoffs. Um, I don't know, Luca. Do you have any uh, ideas how to fix the All Star game? It's pretty tough. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in future if they kind of take the Pro Bowl route where there's no more game and it's just a bunch of mini games because it's called for what it is. NBA All-Star Weekend, you're now most looking forward to the Saturday, and that is the three-point shootout, the dunk contest, and whatever else went on. So maybe it's just a variation of that. I saw a lot of people pitch on Twitter. They would love to see a one-on-one contest or a three-on-three contest or tournament. I don't think that would ever happen just because the NBA is – Let's call it for what it is. It's an ego-driven league. And I think that's part of the reason why we don't see these guys go hard during the game because these guys want to protect their egos. They know it's social media-driven. NBA Twitter goes nuts. If, you know, a star player gets dunked on, they're not going to hear the end of it. So I think they play it safe from that reason. Um, You know, they just want to kind of protect their image, protect their ego, protect their brand, and they just go out there and not give it 100%. But, uh, I mean, yeah, they, they got to figure out a way to just keep it engaged and entertaining. They, they got to at least play defense during the game. I feel like when defense is played, it, it makes for better basketball. And another thing, too, to cut it a bit of slack was this NBA All-Star game in particular, Sean, was missing 
a lot of star power. I mean, you talk about KD not being there. Um, you know, Giannis not playing because he was dealing with the injury. He literally played, what, the first minute. LeBron didn't really play in the game. Stephen Curry, who I thought single-handedly carried last year's All-Star game just because he's able yeah. to shoot it from downtown, from half-court range and beyond that. So, no Zion as well. So, there no were a lot Zion. of big names, like big names missing, which Jody really uh, I think from the, took away from the product. Ja didn't really play, as I if I recall. Like Ja didn't really play like he cared at all. No Kawhi. Um, no Kawhi. Um, crap, 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 crap. Jokic and Luka just doesn't feel like all star game players. So two of your biggest stars, but they exactly. aren't all star game players. No AD, who's an all star game player. No AD. So. so like you look at. We just listed off like ten of the like top fifteen best players in the NBA, and they weren't there, <laughs> right? Who either didn't play or like two of them probably the third and fourth best player in my opinion, who aren't all star game players. And Jokic even said himself, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not an all star game dude. Like that's just yeah what it is." So. um yeah, no Trey Young, who's another All Star game player. No so Trae, a lot yeah, of All Star game players weren't there, and yeah, that's a good point. For as Was much Don as I love All Star, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember him being in the game, but I don't remember yeah. him playing. He has to be an All Star, dude. No, he has to be. I'm oh, that's that's about. Dude's, if you, dude's on the fourth best team in the East. He dropped oh, yeah. seventy one or something. What was seventy two? I don't remember. You tell me, was it an All Star? Wait, dude. Yeah, he wasn't. What the? No, no, he was. We're tripping. We're tripping bad right now. Yeah. Okay. It said he had forty points. <laughs> dude, I, that's in the All Star game. Yeah, that's how bad the All Star game was. I Wait, remember he did. He did. He did. He, he was cooking. I remember now. I remember now. So like, oh my god, <laughs> that's how bad the game was. That though, like, I, that's how bad it was that I don't even remember <laughs> Donovan Mitchell playing in this game. Wow. That's All right, it's, it's coming back to me now because I remember now it was him and Tatum trading buckets on the same team for a second. Because I promise you, Luca, the only two players I remembered was Tatum at only three, was Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Embiid. Because I think Embiid had like 35 or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I exactly. honestly I couldn't even remember. Yeah, like the Rosen, I don't remember him playing, he had eight points and. Just looking at the rosters very quickly, a lot of not like with all due respect, yeah, a lot of non All Star game players like Laurie Markinen. He's been a great story, but non All Star game player. Bam, um, Demontis Sabonis, same thing. Love Sabonis definitely is. Sabonis is in the same category as like a Jokic. Like he's not an All Star game player. Drew Holiday, Jaron Jackson Jr., like Julius Randle. Julius, not, like, come on, yeah, <laughs> but. All right, I think we bashed this game enough because, uh, yeah, we could go on for another 20, 30 minutes bashing the All-Star game. But, yeah, let us know, guys, in the comments. How do you think the NBA should go about fixing NBA All-Star Week and particularly the game? Should they scrap it? Should they add something? Or th should they just take a completely different route? Let us know. And yeah, and uh, how about, I think, the easiest option. NBA, you have the money. Just get a, get a cure to all injuries. Just inject the players, your your big money players with it. Make make sure they're good to play the All Star game. That's all. Because I didn't even think about it that way, Luca. When you mentioned it, like every big time All Star game star didn't really play. So yeah, huh. yeah, that definitely hurt it for sure.
Yeah. And like you said, Steph kind of saved last year's. Not kind of. He did save he did. last year's All-Star game. So, But enough of the All-Star game. We've already wasted 11 precious minutes that we'll never get back talking about it. Uh, let's talk about some actual NBA basketball. The NBA starts back up uh, today at the time of this role time of the release today. Um, the Raptors will kick things back off. Face up against a very hobbled New Orleans Pelicans team who, like we mentioned, is still without Zion Williamson. And Luca, the way we ended off last show, it's going to be the same way we're going to kick off the real topics of this show. The schedule for the Raptors out of the All-Star break, the Pelicans, the Pistons, a Cavs team who we've already beaten, I believe, three straight times. Yep. Um, and then you got the Bulls who – at this point, just need to blow it up or, like, something. We've been saying the same thing with the Bulls all year. And then a back-to-back with Washington. Luka, let's just focus on the first six games. What is what is your record prediction for the Raptors' first six games out of the All-Star market? What's your prediction? What do the Raptors need to be coming out of that six-game stretch? Yeah, no more room for error, obviously. Raptors, 23 games left in the season time of this release 10th final play in spot what helped them a lot was the bulls taking a little bit of the uh, of a step back and i really don't see them getting back into this thing uh i know they got pat beverly and he made that comment about your lakers how he would love to eliminate the lakers from the playoffs but i don't think pat beverly is going to move the needle for chicago's problems and everything that they've had going on over there sean they gotta come out running and gunning uh, no excuses. They got to beat the Pelicans, who you just mentioned, very much banged up. They got to beat the Pistons, who at this point have no business winning any more of these games as they're obviously in full-on tank mode. The Cavaliers don't scare me because the Raptors have had their number. They have not lost to the Cavaliers yet this season. And then, yeah, the Bulls, they're in shambles. And then Washington, I would say this. I'll put some respect on Washington's name out of this six-game stretch because Washington, number one, they're ahead of us in the play and number two they've shown a lot of good signs this season i know it's been an up and down season for them but they've had you know sprints where they have looked like a competent basketball team so to answer the question i think the raptors need at the very least need to go four and two i wasn't originally going to say five and one but four and two i still think you could get away with it just because of how flexible the plane is ultimately going to be but you go three and three or worse than that and I really don't see this team saving their season at that point because we're going to get into it in just a little bit. The six games after that, absolute gauntlet, tough six games going up against the best of the West. The Raptors have no room to play here. You got to come out and you at least got to take four of these next six. So you go four and six, um, you would improve to 32 and 33. Yep. What? No, I said four and two. You said four and six. <laughs> uh, I said four and six. Whoops. Yikes. Four and two. Four and six probably ends your season. Four and two <laughs> in the next six. And the Raptors would improve to 32 and 33. But then, like Luca mentions, you have a gauntlet next six right after at Denver, at the Clippers, at LA. Uh, then you come back for Denver again at home against Oklahoma City, who's been tough. Hopefully for, honestly, all parties involved, my party, uh, both parties, Lakers and the Raptors' sake, that the Thunder fall off a map at this point. This game is as tough it is, as it is, but who knows? Maybe Shea Gilgis-Alexander comes home to his home country of Canada and 
wants to drop 50. Who knows? And then you have the uh, Timberwolves, and then you have the Bucks again. Well, seven games that are, so, yeah, in a row. Yeah. And then even after that, like, Indiana's going to be tough at home. The Pistons, the Wizards, those should be fine. But, like, you you got to go four and two. I'm, I'm actually going to go a step further and say five and one. Like, the only game that you I would even consider reasonably okay to lose is Cleveland. And that's still because yeah. Cleveland is, is the top four team. But, like, you, you just have to go five and one because the rest of the schedule outside of that, there's what? Three games, four. The rest of the way, where I'm like, the Raptors are going to win. Like, there it is, it is going to happen. The Raptors will win. That's uh, Detroit, March 24th. Washington, March 26th. Charlotte, April 2nd. Charlotte, April 4th. The last game of this seven of the six game trip is March 4th. So from March 6th to March 24th, there is not a single game where I'm like. I can confidently say the Raptors will win, right? And that's why the Raptors have to go 5-1 because the schedule after that first, that first six, seven games so it could, gets really brutal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I wouldn't even call the Wizards a gimme game because the Wizards, I, I think that's going to be a tough team to beat. Um, and right now they're ninth uh, and they're on a two-game winning streak. And then, yeah, I, I personally overlooked the Pacers, which is probably not a good idea because looking at it now, the Pacers are only two and a half back of the play-in. So the Pacers still have a chance at the play And You know that's a team that's probably going to want to play hard and compete, especially after making 
the splash of a trade they did at last year's deadline. So why wouldn't they try to get into the play-in and try to get those guys some, uh, you know, some meaningful reps uh, closer to playoff time? So yeah, you know what? I think five and one is actually more ideal. And now that I think about it, not to plug my channel or anything, I, I did say in the video that yeah, the Raptors needed to go uh, five and one, or sorry, needed to go or needed to be over five hundred going into that six game West stretch to feel good about themselves. And you do the math. If the Raptors are able to go uh, five and one, they would be a game over 500. So I think they would look a lot better uh, compared to being one game under 500 if they were to go four and two. So it's going to be tough though. Like five and one, man, like that's very optimistic. I, I like, I don't know if you could go five and one uh, there. Look, I'm not ready to overlook Washington. I, I think the Raptors lose at least one of those two games. And then, yeah, can you beat the Cavaliers again? It's really hard to beat a team twice, really hard to beat them three times, and it's even tougher to beat them four times. So that five and one would be awesome, obviously, but I think that's going to be a huge stretch. We'll see if I'm proven wrong, though. Yeah. Luca, what else should we discuss here heading into this uh, final stretch of the season where the Raptors, they they, they, they got to prove that going all in was the correct move because you and I both agreed that they had to make some trade. They did make a trade, but it was the, the it was a curveball which neither of us really agreed with. What, what I mean, yeah, Luca, help me out here. Yeah, so I just want to backtrack here a bit. I think the move for Jakob Pertl, if we're looking at it from a big picture standpoint, I think it'll end up being a good one from a buyer's perspective couple seasons down the line here if the Raptors can lock them up this offseason long term that's the only way that I'm confident confidently going to say here um that was a great move because if you can lock up hurdle he's already shown that he can be the fix at center for this team for the next couple of seasons and by the way I gotta give him his flowers he had 30 points going into the all-star break and five blocks like unbelievable joining David Robinson of putting up that type of stat line without a three-pointer made or going to the free throw line. So that just tells you the type of uh, night he had against Orlando. So if Pirtle continues to shine, and by the way, I think if the Raptors are going to turn their season around and go on an impeccable run here and completely flip the narrative, Pirtle's going to be a, bit, uh, be a big reason why. Because number one, he can give the Raptors some much-needed offensive production. I mean, he's not going to drop 30 points every night, but he's a center who can you know fill up the stat sheet nicely and get some points of his own. And he's really going to help the Raptors defense because we've already seen the Raptors defense look a lot better with Pirtle out there because the Raptors finally have a true rim protector, right? So if the Raptors are going to make this run, get back into it, make the playoffs, it's going to be thanks in large part to Pirtle and also what he's doing to this team because you can already see on a small sample size scale that the Raptors seem to have a bit of newfound energy, a, a bit of new life with the Acapurtle out there. Obviously, he's really good friends with Pascal Siakam. He's familiar with the Raptors system as they drafted him. He knows some of these players already, uh, familiar with the, the coaching staff and, like I said, management. So Acapurtle is going to be the key to all of this and just how the players uh, fuel themselves and energize themselves with him being there in the mix. But I'm not going to put expectations on Pirtle that he's got to be the savior of the season. What I'm getting at here is if Pirtle can continue to play well and he can show that he can be the Raptors, 
long-term solution at center. I mean, he's still fairly young and the Raptors are able to get him at a good deal this offseason. Then I'm a lot more okay with them trading for him at the deadline than if, let's just say, worst case scenario, the Raptors completely fall out here, their lottery team, and by some way, Pearl walks, then that would be a disaster. So I think all things said, um, yeah, Raptors just got to try to finish out the season strong as much as I wanted them to sell and tank at this point, it doesn't make sense, especially when you bring in a guy like Pirtle that does make your basketball team better. So we'll see how this team looks, but I think what's going to be more interesting, Sean, and again, we could do a different video on this or a different show because we can get into it for an hour plus I feel is the off season, because I think the off season is going to be more intriguing for this Raptors team than whatever else is going to happen this season. Cause with all due respect, even if the Raptors get in, I think we can both agree at best, they can make it to the second round, and that's it. But this offseason has been a lot of time talking about in the last pod. Yeah. And like this offseason is where I think the magic is truly going to happen of the decisions that need to be made. Pirtle, can they ink him to a long term deal, or is he going to, you know, do the Raptors dirty and walk? Thank Lee. I saw a report today. I don't know how much credibility was on it, but reportedly uh, Orlando is going to be throwing the bag at Van Vliet. Can the Raptors somehow swing a sign and trade so you don't lose him for nothing? And then, of course, Gary Trent Jr. And then even beyond that, OG Ananobi. Raptors didn't trade him, reportedly unhappy, all those things. You could call them rumors or, or whatnot, but you better believe that there's going to be teams calling the Raptors again this offseason, inquiring about OG Ananobi. So we'll see how this season plays out, but I think a lot of the decisions will have to be made this offseason. And quick side note, with the magic thing, maybe I'm still Jalen Suggs homer because I love them coming out of the draft. I actually secretly, I think, I think I want to just get Jalen Suggs. Um, I I don't see, I don't see a Fred Van Vliet. I don't, I don't see that fit in Orlando. Not yet. I, I think, I think they would be like trying to win a year too early, if, if that makes sense. Um so, but but that is, it, I guess that's really more so where my problem lies. That is a good idea to do a, a whole separate video on uh, the Raptors situation heading into this offseason because um, the fact of the matter is what the Acapurdo trade did and maybe why I was a little bit more perplexed by it was you have to decide. I mean, unless you want to pay all three, but just based off the Raptors track record, I'm not sure they're going to pay Fred VanVleet, Gary Trent Jr., and Yaka Pertle. And you don't trade for Yaka Pertle, give up, a, well, albeit it's a protected first-round pick, but the, it, uh, if it doesn't convey, it can it would transfer to 2025 and 2026 and so on. Um, you wouldn't trade a first-round pick for 20 games of a center that for this year at least isn't going to move the needle all too much. So, that's really where I'm curious to see and, and, and um, think about Lucas. Effectively, are the Raptors going to choose Gary Trent Jr. or Fred VanVleet? If they choose Gary, who the hell is going to be the point guard next year? Yeah, I know. That's going to be interesting. And I think that's where the Raptors are at this point, if I had to guess. I, I think for sure they're going to lock up Jacoperto because, like you said, Sean, they're not going to – they didn't trade for Jacoperto and give up a first-round pick for just 20-plus games of him. Like, obviously, exactly. there's some, you know, communication going on that you get the good sense that they are going to lock up a deal. And it seems like Jacoperto likes it here anyway, and he's, again, a really good friend of Siakam. They get along like, you know, two best friends. 
it's going to come down to what you just said. Who are they going to keep? Is it going to be Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr.? If I had to make a quick prediction on the show, I think Fred's gone. I, I really do. Really? I, I, I'd be, I would just be super, super perplexed and shocked if the Raptors give Fred the money that he's reportedly wanting to get. And by the way, he's got new representatives now. So like, they're obviously going to give him, want to give him the bag. Like, are the Raptors really going to pay Fred the 30 to 35 plus million that he's expected to receive or what's said to be his value? I just don't see it. I think it would make so much more sense. You bring back Gary Trent Jr. Who's got, I think, more outside, he's younger. And then, yeah, and then you figure out who's going to play point guard for you after that. But so it's reported that Fred could get that 30 to $35 million ballpark that uh, he's probably going to be anticipating. And I, I just don't see the Raptors paying him that. And look, I know the Raptors management, it's been said that they're still high on Fred. But personally speaking, I don't think it would make sense. I think the Raptors would be better off bringing back a Gary Trent Jr. for less money, more upside. Uh, younger player and I know that would give the Raptors a you know a, a situation where they would have to then figure out who's going to play point guard for them but I mean yeah I would not be um, satisfied if if you will if the Raptors were to bring back Fred for that type of contract and a guy like Gary Trent Jr. who I'm a big supporter of I think he's gonna get even better than he is now and he's still so raw in his development you just let him walk um, and go on to another team. So it'll be interesting to see what the Raptors do. But yeah, my prediction is uh, they definitely bring back Pirtle. They they swing Fred Van Vliet in some, sign, uh, in some sort of sign and trade. And they keep Gary Trent Jr. And look, maybe maybe to your point of like Fred not being a good fit in Orlando because they have Suggs. I don't know salaries. I don't have it in front of me. But I don't know. Could Orlando make a sign and trade work? with the Raptors where they take in Fred Van Vliet and they give us one of their point guards. And, we, wouldn't, we that be, Suggs. and wouldn't that be funny? You get Suggs at Barnes after there was that whole war of we took Barnes and we we're supposed to take Suggs and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. And I guess like also Gary Trudger, like you mentioned, obviously younger. He's also in today's NBA. I don't know. I still think a point guard is about the same, if not more valuable, than a wing. But I think you there's more point guards to be found at, I don't know if cheaper is the right word, but cheaper price tags than yeah. it is to find a wing. So I, I think I agree, actually. You keep Gary Trent Jr. around. Maybe you draft a point guard. I haven't dived completely into this draft class yet. That's a project I'll be working on in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, maybe you draft the point guard. I really wanted Andrew Nimhard last year. Makes the Christian Coyoloco pick look a lot stupid now because you just uh, draft, you just traded for Yaka Pirtle. Um, yeah, but that's a good point. Uh, neither here nor there. But um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see look at what the Raptors do this summer and what the Raptors can do for the remainder of the season. But Raptors Asian. Comment down below. What do you guys want to see the Raptors do this offseason? What do you guys think the Raptors can achieve this uh, for the remainder of this season? Go check out Lucas' channel as well. I think it's just your name, right? Luke Rosano on YouTube. Yeah. Go yeah. check it out. Does a bu bunch of great stuff over there. And as always, guys, stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.